But everyone tells you, everyone told me the entire time, well, no, you can't create new institutions. You got to work within the institutions we have. And that's very radical. That's nice. But, you know, as a young man, it was like, that's not the way you got to work within and respect the system and blah, blah, blah. And the whole time, my entire life, I was like, this is this is corrupt. It's like it's garbage, trash. We have to build new things. Howdy, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Moment of Truth. My name is Nick Solheim. I'm the COO of American Moment, and I'm joined by a very special uh, guest today. But first, before we get to that, uh, I'm going to plug all of our things. Uh, So if you haven't already, make sure to check out our website, AmericanMoment.org. There you'll find a whole host of different resources from uh, AmCannon, which is our platform for... um, all of the content that's kind of shaped us uh, intellectually. Um, You'll find uh, different forms for events and uh, different programs and that sort of thing uh, that we have our fellowship for American statecraft. uh, The interest form uh, for next year is live. uh, So you can feel free to go uh, fill that out. Let us know that you're interested uh, in the fellowship uh, for next year. And there you will also find a whole backlog uh, of this of this show. Uh, This is going to be episode 70 something uh and so we'd really encourage you to go back and and look at some of the some of the past episodes if you haven't already make sure to rate and review the podcast please give us five stars on any uh platform that that is applicable um also a reminder that if you put something interesting uh in your in your review or a question that you want to ask us we'll read it out uh on the show um i forgot to check before i recorded this but uh there's always there's always next week um so today uh, we had a we had a special guest, uh, Matthew Peterson. Uh, Matthew Peterson is co-founder of New Founding. Uh, he is publisher of Return, a publication and community that brings together all those who want to harness technology for the sake of human flourishing. Peterson is also president of the Firebrand Super PAC. Peterson founded the American Mind, a publication of the Claremont Institute, which rapidly became influential among select political tech and media figures since its start in 2018. He has two decades of experience in digital media, communications, political consulting, and a program evaluation arising from a lifelong dedication to shaping hearts and minds to renew America. He lives in Dallas with his wife and four children. We had a very wide-ranging uh, episode today. Anyone who ever uh, who has ever met uh, Matt knows that uh, he's always one for a good good conversation. Uh, I run into Matt pretty frequently at conferences and and events and that sort of thing. We always have a have a good time hanging out, uh, talking about the future of America. Uh, pretty wide-ranging episode today. Everything from building alternative businesses uh, f- uh, for people who don't hate America. Um, we also talked about uh, education, um, how to build alternative media systems, um, very practical kind of in-depth episode uh, about how we rebuild American culture. Um, so now we will go to Matthew Peterson. Matt, thanks for coming on the pod. Hey, great to be here. It's about time. I've been I've been waiting, I've been dying to get I know, on this I know. Uh, so... Uh, our listeners will know kind of how we how we start off uh, right off the bat here. Who are you? Who is Matt Peterson? How did you get where you are today? You know, I was reading this uh, 
uh, tweet uh, yesterday about how people should take five hours and not even touch grass, just go outside and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and think about who they are. Yeah. <laughs> and and, if, and if, so now you're primed and ready. <laughs> well, I read the tweet, uh, but I <laughs> that was on my phone. Um, uh, but it is a good idea uh, to think about. Um, so I, I guess the way to describe, uh, you know, if it's more how I got here, uh, who am I is a deep question. Um, I think it's an important question, though, because we should be asking what human beings are, uh, by the way. Um, you know, uh, there's a big <laughs> a confusion in our society and disagreement about what we are as human beings. Uh, but let's go back to me. Um, I was always... Uh, sort of on the right, you know, when it comes to politics. I mean, I was I was born in a trad Protestant uh, household. Um, and I think uh, it's funny how that is what led to my disillusionment uh, a while ago, like 10, 15 years ago, with politics, with mm -hmm. the right, etc. And so I kind of had two tracks growing up. One was I was really interested in ideas uh, and literature and philosophy and theology and that kind of stuff from the time I was young. And I was really interested in politics in America. And those two things probably drove me for the first half of my life so far. Um, but I became very disillusioned with, uh, with politics. So, you know, you're talking about conservative Protestant household, oldest of six kids mm -hmm. moved around a bit. Um, and, you know, read a ton, was homeschooled on and off. Um, was very aware of what was going on politically, wanted to do something about it. Issues like abortion were always near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to out, yeah. you know, I don't want to out you on on age, but like roughly what political <laughs> era are we in at this time? <laughs> I was born in the late 70s. Okay. I am a, a young Gen Xer, okay. um, uh, even though. There is a certain person who works at American Moment who has sometimes called me a boomer online. I was working is, my way it, up to that. This is, in fact, <laughs> false. Just demonstrable fact. Just we have to lay that out there. Yeah. Um, so so you're talking uh, born in, in the late 70s and uh, growing up in the 80s, uh, being in high school and college in the, in the 90s. And uh, I think I was I graduated. I came out of college in 2001. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's the time period we're talking and what I what I what I think is interesting is during that time, I mean, I feel like a lot of what these people were saying is the based right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, everything from what you eat and health, you know, that yeah. was a thing my parents were doing in the 70s, you know, uh, the, the, the health food craze back then. But it was it, it was very similar. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fact that there was an establishment uh, keeping people down, um, that we needed more activism. The parents were getting together and saying, what's going on with our kids in the 80s? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you, you kind of saw I saw all those those tensions. And it made me not want to go into politics directly, even though everyone has always told me that that's what I should do. Um, I was much more interested in ideas and sort of longer term. How do we how do we turn things the right way? So uh, what I ended up doing is um, is is delving into those ideas as they relate to America and the founding uh, and going to grad school. Shudder, you know, don't do that. Um, <laughs> there's no need these days. But. I ended up I ended up doing that because I just kind of followed the ideas. You know, I was, I was pretty naive about how the world practically works. Mm -hmm. uh, if I had known, you know, you could do X, Y and Z and then you could make this much money. And, you know, I, yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. I yeah. was very mission driven. Yeah. They don't want you to know that the books are free. Yeah. You can just read them. <laughs> <anytime>. <laughs> yes. Well, I will say I will say that I was um, 
I, I'm very lucky and, and thankful for the education I got because I w- did go to outlying radical schools the entire way. Okay. Like my parents were, uh, you know, I remember b- being 10, 11, 12, like my dad's like, this is the Odyssey. It's a really cool book, you know. You should read it. <laughs> yeah. Or even better, like you probably can't read this. It's yeah. probably above you. Yeah. Uh, so so that, that education at home was essential. Uh, and then I went to Thomas Aquinas College undergrad mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't even, I wasn't Catholic at the time, but I wanted to read the books. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, in a way it was indulgent, but I had a good formation and therefore like was going for the right things. And I was able to read, you know, all these great works. I mean, that's all that program is in every subject. And that was, uh, you know, beyond formative. And then I thought, well, what am I going to do next? Uh, you know, I probably should go to law school because I should. Uh, I want to get into politics, uh, but I don't want to practice law. Wag your finger at the camera again. <laughs> don't do not do that. Never go to law school. Um, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln did not go to law school, right? He was homeschooled. He read Shakespeare, the Bible, and Euclid's Elements and did not go to law school. Um, but I, I had a good sense not to do that just because uh, I knew too many lawyers, including my father. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they they – they spoiled me like, no, no, go study the good stuff. You want to, you're interested in ideas. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, so I'll go study philosophy and theology. But even I couldn't take that step when I looked at the programs and yeah. what the actual life was. It's like, this is a bridge too far. Like it just is not practical, even if those things are really exciting to me. And so I split the difference, did political philosophy and American government at Claremont, which is, uh, you know, was a, a decent grad school back then for at least getting into those ideas. And then I realized, and then I thought, well, uh, but this, so another thing, this entire time though, if you know me at all, like, I'm not uh, just like a dreamy, you know, philosopher guy. Like I do stuff uh, mm-hmm. and I have some facility to do stuff. And I was doing all kinds of interesting things more practically throughout graduate school and getting into trouble. Something would get successful. And I'd say, well, I got to go back to the academy though. I got to keep studying. Uh, as the scripture says, uh, as a dog returns to his vomit, so mm-hmm. a fool to his foolishness. <laughs> so I would go back to the academy because I thought uh, genuinely that if someone with my kind of temperament and personality didn't stay there, uh, then, you know, it would just be guys who just kind of are your typical professors. And I wanted to form programs and form people because in a normal society, you know, longer term, that is where you form people. That's mm-hmm. where you form the ideas. Uh, everyone can say oh, no, not me, you know, I don't listen. But the truth is, if you're 18 years old and you're sitting in a class, you were influenced by what the person in authority tells you. And, uh, you know, I saw that our institutions were just terribly corrupt. Um, You know, later on, I'd spend three years evaluating history and civics programs throughout the country. And my conclusion was, you know, we are screwed. Mm -hmm. Um, We are irreparably screwed. And what was it back like even then that you were that you were seeing some of this stuff start to creep in? Oh, I mean, I think it's been a it's a it's in the background. It's a gradual process of decline within like big, you know, uh, spurts mm-hmm. where it gets really worse, you know, like the opposite of a plateau moving up. You, yeah. you know, you go down to the plateau, go down, yeah. go down fast. Um, I think we've been on this trajectory for a long time. I think a lot of the issues we see now aren't new. They're just uh, developed uh, into a worse, worse, you know, worse situation in education. This all started a long time ago. A lot of the problems we see in society now start post-World War II uh, in the academy. Um, You know, as much as we make fun of the boomers, the big problem they had is so many of them went to college because their parents thought, you know, I want to get my kid to college. And got these young people coming out of the war, you know, Mm -hmm. they're going to go into college. What made the 60s and 70s radical? 
It's what they were taught in college, right? They were already, there was already rot. What yeah. they were being taught was it's those older people who were coaching the, you know, the the hippies and everyone else in the 70s to say what they, 60s and 70s to say what they wanted to say. There's a great interview with Bob Dylan in San Francisco, black and white. And he's like, you know, just smoking and being like a rebellious kid. And all the reporters, if you watch it unedited, are trying to get him to say political things. Mm -hmm. And he's refusing. In other words, like it wasn't a bunch of 18 year olds in the 60s and 70s who came up with these radical ideas. They were formed in those universities that were rotten then. What I saw evaluating those programs, you know, decades later was we're just not teaching people, you know, either we're teaching them some kind of, uh, you know, progressive narrative of decline. America is evil or just not teaching them anything at all. Mm -hmm. And if you have a population that just doesn't even have the knowledge, basic knowledge of civics uh, and you call yourself a republic, that's not going to work. Never mind. Uh, you, you pour in your, you know, your Howard's in or whatever, these popular basically textbooks to the teachers where it's all deconstructive. Well, actually, so-and-so wasn't a great person, right? Yeah. I mean, it's in, and that's in everyone's head now. Every, yeah. There can be no greatness because actually that person, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was already there. And and uh, I would say just it led to a lot of disillusionment uh, because I would do practical things and projects on the side kind of to make money or get by or just sort of th thought they were interesting. And then I thought, well, this great project is ultimately to influence politics and education in the intellectual world. And then you end up saying, well, this is insanely corrupt. But everyone tells you, everyone told me the entire time, well, no, you can't create new institutions. You got to work within the institutions we have. And that's very radical. That's nice. But, you know, as a young man, it was like, that's not the way you got to work within and respect the system and blah, blah, blah. And the whole time, my entire life I was like, this is this is corrupt it's like it's garbage trash yeah. we have to build new things uh but but that was the attitude and so what what kind of happened after you started to go through like in your career after you started to go through some of this curriculum you know you're mm -hmm. finishing up your master's what happened next mm -hmm. i didn't mean to derail you from from your whole career uh well i mean i i, I did a dissertation where um you know it was about the common good and the american founding before it was cool mm -hmm. um uh, Pater Waldstein and I went to the same school and studied the same Thomas, so on mm -hmm. the integralist side, uh, which I'm partial to some of, but not all of what they say. Um, and uh, but there's but the idea of the common like was the founding good was sort of on my mind. So again, it was sort of indulgent, and I was lucky because I was able to just read like thousands of pages of the founding and and kind of answer that question for myself. Um, that was an interesting intellectual journey. I mean, I wouldn't say I have all the answers, but I was able to spend time doing that in grad school. So it is actually, if you forget about all the ridiculousness of the degrees and mm -hmm. all that, I was able to kind of do that for myself. And then it became time like, well, you're going to publish this book. People wanted me to publish it as a book. Are you going to go on the academic route? You know, I taught and looked around, but I looked around at the scene and just realized this is insane. Like, and, and also experiencing it, I would never be happy being a professor. It's like being a slave. I mean, you're a serf. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the the um, the uh, the stereotype of the professor who kind of just does nothing and you know has this easy life. I, I mean, they're treated like I mean, it's actually a terrible life, and they a lot of them are busy. If you care about teaching, and it's a terrible system. And I saw you can't reform this system unless you were in charge of it, and therefore I, you know in charge of something real at the top, like president or board. And I, I you know it's ridiculous to do this. Plus, I had already kind of at least reached a plateau in my own intellectual journey 
And I was, that's when I started to realize like, okay, you know, you need to, you need to go in a, in a different direction because this won't work if you're in charge, you're just not going to be happy. That happened. And then what also happened is Trump appeared on the scene. Mm-hmm. And it, again, before it was cool, I'd given up on the Republican party. Like I thought the whole thing was a joke. Um, you know, this wasn't real. They're going to go nowhere. Um, they really have no clue what they're doing. You know, politics is in a morass at the time. You know, you got the Obama years, the Bush years. Post Bush years, it was just kind of like, this is over. This is over. I don't even, you stay out of politics. But then Trump appeared. And I, I was not quick to Trump. I was like skeptical. I liked him, you know, but mm-hmm. I was like, this got to be a joke. Like, is he serious? Like, yeah. this is kind of awesome because it's funny, you know, but, yeah. but really? And then as that became more serious and I started to realize you have the capacity to do other things, you're not going to get anywhere in academia. Like, you're not going to do the kinds of things you want to accomplish. And things are the hours growing late in the Republic. There's things that need doing that all led to um, accepting a lunch with Ryan Williams at the Claremont Institute, where I thought I'd never go back uh, with Ryan saying, hey, just became president. You know, we're looking to make some moves and do some things. And I was convinced that once I was convinced that he was, you know, he was like, welcome to the revolution. Uh, Those words literally is like, okay, let's do this. And then I had a lot of fun. I mean, we created the American mind. We um, we got in a lot of good good kind of trouble. We supported a lot of people behind the scenes with a network of fellows. Um, you know, I ran the educational programs. It was just a real joy. And it was like we were in the fight. And I felt like this is actually like we're actually accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing organizations like American Moment, it's like this is real. This is happening. We are a part of something that is real. And that was great. Uh, I pushed those four years and then I went another step because then when Trump lost in 2020, I knew like the day after the election, election day, looking at the, you know, the complete crap show, I was just mm-hmm. thinking to myself, OK, I got to go back into some of these other projects in more, let's call it the private sector uh, and actually push the dial forward in a commercial cultural way. Um, and that's where I am now. So where you're at now, new founding, uh, I think a lot of people who are who are on Twitter see a lot of very interesting people with new founding in their bio doing a lot of really cool things. Uh, explain to our listeners what it is, what mm-hmm. what you're trying to do and, and what specifically you're focused on. Yeah. So new founding is the uh, is the uh, brainchild of uh, of Nate Fisher, my co-founder. And myself looking for uh, something outside of, um, you know, kind of think tanky world, et cetera, thinking we really need to push the dial in a way uh, and bring people together. And in the beginning, it was kind of a, a venture model, like we're going to we're going to seed the new things that are needed in tech, media and finance because we have a political and cultural sense of where we're at. And we realize that we need to find people who are aligned politically uh, who, or who understand at least that they they can't break to the demands of woke capital and just get a bunch of things going. Mm-hmm. Um, as it developed, I think um, Nate's vision for a tech platform that brings the trust layer back to the Internet and his thoughts over the last few years about credit, trust, how these things need to be restored, um, you know, developed even further. So what new founding um, is now and you'll see more of in the future will be that tech platform or network that ultimately is open protocol, but is bringing people together in a way. So humans control the network. There's governance of the network that's public that you see in a classic American way. And it allows people to congregate in a, uh, in an organized fashion and 
and, and basically like curate and credential things based on human judgment, not algorithms made by people mm -hmm. who hate you. Um, so but but as part of that, we need to we need to gather people in in some key strategic ways. So return.life is for really it's focused on restor restoring the human in the age of tech. That's that content will expand. But return.life is a publication now. Uh, and return is about uh, really about the human in the midst of the digital age. And it, it's a community where people are getting together who want to invest or who want to found new things in that space who understand something about human nature and want to go in a different direction than the wokeness. That's key for uh, a lot of reasons to what we're doing. And then underneath that more broadly is a line, which is how do we start fostering an economy within an economy? Let's provide people practically with alternatives. Right now, a line is sort of a, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of marketing in a way for businesses across the country that want to say, hey, I'm not woke at least i'm pro-america and they're just but they're just normal businesses it's not like you know draped mm -hmm. in the american flag with gun yeah. girls on each side we just need we just need real alternatives for real products and services so align is is more um it's more the, bringing those people together both the businesses and the audience that wants uh that wants these products and services and then underneath all of that is the tech platform that mm -hmm. i started with so that is I mean, that's the vision of what we're doing. You have mm -hmm. return, people getting together, founders, entrepreneurs, investors. It's, it is more tech focused, though, and about human life there. The, the content on there will become, as it goes, uh, you know, more uh, about these broad issues, also about trends that are going on where you see people like making dating apps that won't be like Tinder. Right. I mean, yeah. that kind of stuff. And then you got a line, which is more like bring the businesses together with the people. And then underneath it, you got this developing platform that will restore trust and human judgment to digital life. That is, in a nutshell, like new founding. The nutshell is big. Yeah. <laughs> the vision is big. But I would say also practically, um, we've spun out some things already, right? So mm -hmm. we spun out a new nonprofit called Courage is a Habit. It's one of our employees uh, that's doing incredible work for activists and, and parents at the school level. He is an activist, not a fundraiser, not a, you know, D.C. type. Uh, he's just a guy who uh, has, has experience in fighting the schools. He's providing, you know, parents with weapons to go after the schools. Courage is a Habit is great. We spun that out uh, this year. Um, we also have a great media team, and we started doing some interesting things in politics with a super PAC, American Firebrand. And these, like, there's so much energy, I guess is what I'm saying, like, that's why all these people are there and, and people, what are you guys doing? There's a lot of things going on. And it, partly it's the organizational problem we face is that everything needs to be done. And mm -hmm. also everyone good wants to do everything, you know? Yeah. And so it's like you become this hub of activity uh, and people want to come in. And to some extent, my job is, is, is trying to figure out how do I efficiently gather in talented people who want to do things and then like funnel them out to other people who are going to put them in place mm -hmm. so that we can move the ball forward. Yeah, I think we get a we get similar comments pretty frequently. Like, wait a minute, you're doing what now? Mm -hmm. You're hosting that event or you're doing that program? It's like, and I think people can be very um, surprised when you get a few because I know you guys are, are you know relatively small as well. When you get a few highly motivated people together, mm -hmm. I mean, it is just about anything is possible if everyone's willing to you know pour their their essence into it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think I do also want to plug the Align newsletter. It is mm -hmm. awesome. It is one of my favorite newsletters. It's where 
I pick most of like my gifts for other people for mm-hmm. like birthdays, Christmas, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, if you haven't already, you should go you should go sign up for that. Um, I do want to ask like how do you how do you get plugged in with these with these companies these mm-hmm. you know folks that are that are starting businesses who are you know who maybe have not been super politically active for a mm-hmm. long time but they know that they hate this mm-hmm. woke stuff they hate you know anti-americanism right how, like just practically how do you find these people um well there's two levels to that uh, and um they're pretty clear in my mind one is just generally for a line um when we started thinking about what was needed. I thought, well, let's start with a newsletter. Um, you know, let's bring in and let's give it a positive vibe. It, it shouldn't be anti. The rule that I had for the newsletter from the beginning was <clears throat> for the writers. If you mention a negative thing like, you know, PayPal canceling people or whatever, you can only do it just to bring it up to turn around with a positive. Mm-hmm. Because we want to talk about an aspirational like way of life. I mean, lifestyle. Lifestyle is kind of a fake and performative word uh, because it you can't style your life. You know, it's like a boomer word. But you get what I mean. It's like a way of life stuff. Mm-hmm. So we want something that's more practical that prevents the alternatives. Now, we had a couple of lists in the beginning of, uh, of businesses, um, you know, people from the Trump administration had a list of like American-made stuff. And obviously they looked for it not being woke um, from some stuff that they had done. Um, I had some other lists, but for a line generally, it was more uh, like, let's just pool our resources. And when we see these companies or we know of these companies, let's start compiling them. And that's how simple it was. And then once you start doing that, people start coming and saying, hey, can you put me in this newsletter? Can you put me on this list? And then we developed a kind of quick and dirty process for you know vetting them ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think the key is in the beginning, it, people get obsessed in our society with the metrics and a formula. And, uh, you know, I thought about, um, you know, getting large data sets. How could we figure this out, you know, with some of the people who do that behind the scenes? We still could move in that direction to get, you know, large chunks. But what we did was organic. You know, mm-hmm. we just started to put together the list. We developed a process by which we had people look, make sure they, they hadn't said anything woke. And then we encourage people, if you find out, you know, this business isn't on here, let us know. And because we were loose about it, where not everything is going to be made in America, you know, sadly, that's just not reality. But people understand that as long as you're upfront about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You say we highlight if this is made in America or this part, these parts are made in America. We can talk about that. We're going to favor those companies the more that's the case. Um, but also we're going to be like not every, you know, it's not the case all the time, uh, yeah. sadly. So, so by being somewhat, um, you know, somewhat loose, but also organic about it and just doing due diligence and actually like going, starting to vet them, we developed that newsletter and that rhetoric uh, that is appropriate for it. That really is practical, but it kind of like elevates you, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was the beginning. So after that, when the ball's rolling now, you have people, businesses coming to you because those smaller or medium sized businesses that can move products direct to consumer there's a ton of them that they're safe in red state America. Like they're not they're They want to plant a flag, mm-hmm. but Alliance flag isn't like cheesy, rah, rah, you know, grifting conservatism. It's more like an elevated lifestyle deal. So we got a men's women's men's and women's newsletter now, uh, and it's growing very fast. There's hundreds of thousands of people receiving this uh, and it will 
scale up very quickly after we hit some benchmarks uh, is even more the american man is the men's one yeah we had an american man american woman but i think it's just it's just verticals now of a line okay so it's like men's yeah. align men's aligns women yep very interesting uh newsletter as they're actually good writers you know thinking about it it's not just some spam email with yeah. you know a bunch of stuff so anyway that that's the organic way real quick on the more the more elite level informally this is already happening like you know all the people um that say are our friends and fellow travelers especially in technology but even in other areas these are people who are like looking for money you know yeah. i mean the, the founders on the founders entrepreneur side so they're hungry and they're already scouring the landscape and i i, I almost got sick of this dynamic where I would meet investors as well. You know, uh, there's not as many, of course, investors as there are people looking for money. For sure. Uh, but but investors as well would say, hey, you know, multiple, you know, people like, can you connect me to, you know, I want to invest in this stuff. And anyone who's aligned is thinking the same thing. I need a lot of people who are aligned because not all of them I'm going to invest in, very few of them, but I need as much many of them as possible because I see what's happening in the country. And there's actually, uh, you know, there's a whole... Uh, secret, you know, based finance uh, community that realizes how bad things are and mm -hmm. is looking for this. And so putting those pieces together is more of elite activity. Um, but it's also some something where we already like know some people on both sides and it's just time to put the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, we're mentioning in your introduction talking about kind of bringing a lot of these um you know, political ideas and philosophies, you know, bringing them to, to bear in public life. Mm -hmm. um, how how does creating these kinds of, of networks of, of, of small businesses and investors and that sort of thing? What's what's the, you know, 10 to 20 year plan? How is how mm -hmm. is this going to change uh, American culture and society? Yeah. So I this is this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think that the only way to fly, the only way to win um, is to have a broad-based commercial cultural movement that you recognize its signs and symbols you recognize like you know it when you see it kind of thing just like esg or social justice mm -hmm. it's a comprehensive moral view uh, moral vision of a way of life of where america should go that i believe firmly that uh you know half plus of the country is interested in Mm -hmm. And no telling how that would break. At least 40 percent is interested in it yeah. of the nation. And that is one of the greatest GDPs in the world. And so I don't buy this whole thing. We're going to go back to normal or we're going to go back to neutral. There's no neutrality like the, the country is dividing. And the only way to save it or to bring it back together is to take billions of dollars out from under the grasp of woke capital. Mm hmm. And, and the only way to do that is, you know, you should fight from the top down. You should fight from D.C. You should fight them in the law. You should fight them in the regulations. Absolutely. But the real way to draw blood is to with, withdraw that money, right, mm -hmm. to take the money out uh, from them and start putting it somewhere else. And people want to take their money out of that 401k that's actually part of a fund that's telling Disney they have to be woke and mm -hmm. going against their values. They want that. But I think what's needed is a larger movement that you would see in media where we're not atomized and we're actually showing people like just living their lives in a decent way in the 21st century with technology that we have. I mean, it's pro tech, but it's pro using tech for us to be more human. Uh, and that vision is what will draw people towards it and it will allow us to win because all of a sudden politically what happens if you have that? Well, A, it's not like low status for, you know, to be on this side. 
I mean, there's money, honor, glory, praise, shame, blame <laughs> in an entirely different a culture within a culture, an economy within an economy. That'll get a lot of people on the Republican side politically just move to move the right way. Like even the guys who do this all the time, like which yeah. is most politicians, yeah. they'll go the right way if they know like this is a thing. It is a movement that they're part of. It's a culture they're part of where they'll be rewarded on, you know, our own shows on video, right? Our own shows on audio. Now, our own ecosystem, but you got to build that up in a way that is real, that's tied to an actual way of life. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm about. I think providing that comprehensive moral vision that is a way of life that we can attain here and now for ourselves and our posterity, an American way of life in the 21st century that is worthy of the name, that's mm-hmm. an alternative to what's being forced upon us. To me, it's that's the only way to fly. That's, that's what we have to do. Yeah. So paint a picture for for me and yeah. and for the listeners of what that broader conservative ecosystem looks like you know mm-hmm. you've mentioned media education business mm-hmm. um what are the kinds of systems that that conservative uh not just organizations uh but but individuals or mm-hmm. or even people that live in red america uh should be building yeah so i mean let's just like let's just like walk through let's imagine uh you know uh, this future um, existing, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you're in a red state and Texas and Florida are where people send uh, men to space. They're not second class mm. states. They're the places where innovation actually happens. This is already the case. Uh, and you go to a public university in Texas or Florida, and it has some of the best researchers in the world from various sectors who have been persecuted because of the wokeness elsewhere, and they've congregated at this university. There's no hint of any of the garbage in the university because that has been purged. Those Mm -hmm. people are all gone. That system has been reborn. And that public university system is a place that respects, uh, you know, understands the best practices of human life that actually make us happy. It's rejected uh, the idiotic premises of modern social science. Uh, it's full of people actively then free to, uh, to to research and develop technology, et cetera, that's pro-human, not anti-human, that's pro-American, not anti-American, that, that is, uh, has a research apparatus that's trying to bring back every part of the supply chain to this country. Uh, and that's a huge part of it, right? I mean, imagine a university like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That actually, you know, was not only like, oh, we, we, you know, we respect all whatever here. It's, it actually was no, no. There's a certain way of life, broadly speaking, uh, that was that was been understood for a long time that we need to go back to, and we're doing research based on those premises of what the human being is. Imagine if that actually existed. That would be a game changer for the entire world. Why can't we do that in a red state? And then if I start walking around, what if I see, uh, you know, architecture? projects all over the place that are actually beautiful that show some kind of bold vision of what humanity should be uh, that show uh, that symbolize the strength vitality of uh, of civilization that's healthy and strong that we actually want Mm -hmm. Um, why why couldn't that be when i turn on the tv uh, why don't i see ads for you know uh, for all kinds of products that are based upon the natural human desire to have maintain and raise a family you know where that's you can't sell products and services with that, but you can sell it with climate change. Mm-hmm. You know, what about the family crisis? It's the basis of our civilization. Why don't you have a media where you're actually selling products and services on the basis of a healthy family? And when you turn on the TV, why don't you see that? Why don't you see all the alternative media that we know should exist 
that that just isn't even allowed to be right now. You can't even see it. I mean, you know, God forbid you saw uh, one show, like the one show, the reality show that I want to make tomorrow. Contact me if you're interested, uh, <laughs> which is Blue State to Red State House Hunters. Mm. Will this California couple choose the country in Idaho, the city in Dallas? That's the most obvious thing in the world. Why? Because everyone's doing it. Yeah. Why is it radical? Why, why do I have that opportunity to make something so successful that no one else is making? Because they're not going to show you why people are moving. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let them say it on camera. Yeah. And they're not going to they're not going to ask the neighbors, how do you feel about all these Californians moving here? Like, really? Tell me, you know, yeah. I mean, why would that be interesting? It'd be interesting because people are interested right now in a different way of life because their way of life sucks mm-hmm. and they see it being oppressed. So so when you think about what that would look like, um, you know, I think a work from home and technology allows different ways of organizing people in different kinds of communities. Mm-hmm. We should be rethinking how we build cities and towns in in places like like Texas, where there's lots of space. Um, you know, there's a lot of experimentation that could, p- could take place that people aren't even uh, they, they haven't even thought of. Uh, and and the energy for what I'm talking about would be amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there would be none of this oppression that everyone doesn't even realize they're 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 loaded under. They would be free to be more human. Yeah. Um, does that help at all? Yeah, for sure. I and you bring up education and I want to dive a little deeper into that um, because I think it's something that a lot of parents are really mm-hmm. struggling with right now. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of them are waging these battles at at. Um, you know, school board meetings and a lot of them are wondering, like, do I pull my kids out? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what would your advice be to, to parents with with young children who, you know, have the option to to send them to public school and are kind of wondering about what the alternatives are or what the alternative should be? Right. Um, well, ultimately, I mean, I have no problem, of course, with public schooling. It's a it's a wonderful idea. Um, sadly, right now, as much as it I know all the objections, it pains me to say it, um, my a strong bias would be do not send your kids to public school if at all possible. Um, and I get, you, you know, it's hard to do. Not everyone can do it for a variety of reasons, but um, you should be strongly biased against that system simply because no matter where you are, uh, you know, you can be in the reddest of red states. Um, that system has been corrupted from within. It is a national system in many ways. Mm-hmm. And all the national associations, uh, you know, are are corrupt. So as uh, courage is a habit, my buddy Alvin running that, I mean, will tell you, he went to the, the, the counselors association. I mean, I, I don't want to make light of it, but it's almost like they exist to groom kids. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they have forgotten any sense of mission. They're all about uh, SEL, CRT, all these acronym, acronyms that represent horrible things. And so you cannot trust by default, you cannot trust that system. Um, if you're talking about even say Catholic schools, like you, you shouldn't trust that system either. They've been corrupted for a long time. So, oh, it's a good Catholic school. Like, it's a bunch of rich kids, uh, who, and you know, they've gone woke as well in the school many times, not all the time, but and not all the time in public schools, but that should be your default. In other words, you should be looking for bright spots where there's signs that the institution itself understands what learning is and will avoid all this madness. And what I will say is that is where there's a lot of hope. Uh, you know, one of the things we want to do with the platform is make it easy for people to just have user generated ratings and rankings for all this stuff, because that's what people want. It's very valuable, mm-hmm. but you can't get it if you're on a platform of people who aren't aligned, you know? Yeah. So, um, so a couple of bright spots would be, 
Um, there are these charter schools now, like Great Hearts Academies is one. Mm -hmm. They're growing. They're classical. They're very good. They're public. You can send your kids there if they exist in your state. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to pay anything, right? And they're good. I mean, they're they're on the ball. They avoid all this stuff, and they're really uh, interested in actually learning. Mm -hmm. um, there's also Heritage. Uh, I mean, Hillsdale's uh, Hillsdale's uh, charter school program. I mean, those schools also, they're public, uh, they're everywhere, and they're growing. They're very, very good. And then uh, you see this renaissance, a small renaissance, all over the place where people are going back to classical learning. And when they say that, usually that means they're not going to do a bunch of the crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, they're actually concerned with learning itself. And, and if, if the world word classical or great book scares you, I would say it shouldn't. You, know, mm -hmm. you can do all the other stuff, but it shouldn't scare you. It's actually... Uh, a way of and everyone can do it it's a way of learning that especially k-12 is i think uh you know very valuable route to go there's a reason that people who are going against the wokeness are doing that so there are you know there are these efforts and if they're not in your area you still have options i mean you know homeschooling is a real option and homeschooling doesn't mean like you're just alone um you can you can easily find these co-ops or uh, band together with other people for you know with tutors and whatnot You'd be surprised at how you can make it work. And then at the end of the day, if you're absolutely stuck, um, then, you know, you're going to have to do the work for your kid and ask serious questions of that public school. And in many places, there still is a fight, you know, for the school board, et cetera. And if that's the case, then you got to, you know, and there is a fight left and you want to you want to battle. Uh, you got to do the work and you got to look for organizations that are going to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So moving up you know, one one level of authority now to a lot of these parents who have started to run for school boards mm -hmm. and, and, you know, county supervisor and, and that sort of thing. Is there as they're thinking about schools and maybe they're in a red city mm -hmm. in a red state, you know, you're talking about twenty to thirty years from now, right. you know, these red states have public universities mm -hmm. that are that are uh studying based on these foundational principles. Um how can the people that are that are on school boards um, that are involved in public school that are involved mm -hmm. on a local and state level start to build that kind of um, infrastructure in red cities and red states? Yeah, so that's really important. Um, you know, I think I think you have to know when there is a fight possible and it's worth fighting. And then once you've decided that it is worth the fight, you got to go all in. Um, now, obviously, mileage may vary depending on the time or, you know, the ability that you have. Um, but wh what I mean by going all in is you should be banding together with people who will help create a larger infrastructure that supports your efforts. Mm -hmm. um, that's a mouthful. Say it shorter, like find other people who will help you. Yeah. And that includes and rethink the way in which the schools work now. So in other words, if you have a library that's full of a bunch of, you know, child pornography, basically, which is most of them. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of weird stuff. And you have a librarian that won't get rid of it. Like, get rid of the librarian. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then get rid of the books. <laughs> yeah. If the city council tells you, for instance, in your city that, oh, no, the city library has to have a librarian from the librarian association. Like, you know, the association is messed up you should just assume that because it is in this case like you can go on their website and they'll tell you if your parents are upset reading you know reading trans stuff just insert different pronouns in regular books i mean they say that on their website yeah. right so i don't know why people don't assume it's corrupt after all these decades but it's corrupt but then you think you have to rethink you have to really be kind of be a founder you have to think how do we do this in a way that just 
eschews the system. Like, screw what they're telling me. We're going to find someone who's actually a good librarian mm-hmm. who wants, you know, classic good books for kids and cares about it and, you know, can do these other things we need. Let's find that person. And if there's a problem or an obstacle with law and regulation, you're going to be like, okay, well, how do I change that? Mm-hmm. Who do I call? Because guess what? Increasingly, there's going to be people in the state legislature who are going to be like, what? They do what? Change the law. That's yeah. how they got here. That's how we have to think. And that means, well, then we'd have to fire everyone on the state board of a Great. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. <laughs> like, there's all, the only way out is through. That's yeah. my line. Like, you got to do this. You, you just got to figure out what is needed. And what I would say is, don't be um, don't be scared about it because if you're willing if you're willing to fight, there are now people who will help you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, but you know it's it's uh, you got to be a pioneer if you're going to go into that system, yeah. and you have to not accept their premises about how it should work. Yeah, yeah. I want to also uh, talk about media uh, because this is something that um, you and and a lot of the folks that that you guys have on staff are very very good at. You guys mm-hmm. put out a lot of great. A lot of great content. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are uh, on the newsletters. They listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. They listen to uh, This Is Your Country. You know, mm-hmm. they listen to to all these things. But um, I want to talk about the media landscape. I think it's a bit more of a, a, a challenge um, than than education in the fact that it's a lot of our infrastructure now is like literally somebody else's platform mm-hmm. you know you want to send uh mm-hmm. emails to people oh the people who literally own email like mm-hmm. all the email companies you know uh don't i know it yeah, yeah. we're we're not going to let you say that we're not going to let mm-hmm. you do this um you know you end up same thing with a lot of these banks you mm-hmm. know payment processors that mm-hmm. sort of thing oh you said this on tv well we're gonna we're gonna kick you off um so as we kind of talk about you know building a, a media infrastructure that's more friendly to uh, the average American to, you know, what the average American cares about. Mm-hmm. How do you get around some of those obstacles um, of, you know, what you're allowed to say on TV, online, yep. et cetera? That, that has been uh, something that I've, I've really thought about and wrestled with my entire life. Um, I Build really your own social media company, yeah, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come well, on. Well, I mean, that there there's the first response to build your own Google, which is, that's la- okay. I'll get a DARPA grant and yeah. find two really smart Stanford kids, you know, and because yeah. that's how Google's. But anyway, but then this, but the second response now is kind of like, okay, yeah, like I'll do it. Like sounds good. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to do this. That's fine. And if uh, you you can't build, you know, you're not gonna be able to build PayPal overnight. Uh, but a lot of these things, the the models established, and you can have something serviceable. Um, it won't be as good in the beginning. It's not going to be, um, but, but you can have something serviceable if it's not a grift and people are genuinely trying to build something. I think there's enormous opportunity to just build the alternative. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's what we have to do. And that's what I'm encouraging people to do and facilitating, uh, catalyzing behind the scenes with, with media though, near and dear to my heart. Um, and, and my frustration in that world over the course of decades and, and doing all kinds of, uh, crazy, insane things, uh, <laughs> in media, uh, behind scenes. But, but the, but the, the biggest problem to me is, is what you touched on, which is that the, the platform or even whoever at the end of the day is in charge of content, a lot of times either doesn't get it or is actively hostile mm-hmm. to half the country. And it's very similar to this, the problem I mentioned in education, you know, 
you can go and be like a good professor or whatever. Maybe you can have a show or you can be an actor or an actress and work within the system. But we're now at a point where what's the point? Like, what's the point of that when the system is increasingly dialing it in, drilling down and purging anyone in its ranks who doesn't bow down to this doctrine, which is ruining both education and ruining media content, whether you're talking about news or whether you're talking about movies. Um, and so the, the, there's no way around uh, new entities or radically reformed entities with that generate revenue with people at the top who understand the moment and what's going on. You know, it, and there's no way around that. And the problem is that the excuse will be like, well, we need someone with experience of, you know, and the, the only people with experience are the people who, you know, who caused the problem in the first place, don't yeah. understand the problem at all. And that is the excuse. It's always the excuse. Like, well, we need a resume that has blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, you need competent people. But uh, but a lot of this is, is often just a, just camouflage for don't make me change. Everything's fine. And when you think about what could be done, I think what is going to be done, when you think about what I am going to do in the next five to 10 years, the sky is the limit for media. I mean, they have, uh, it's like my, my friend Amanda Milius likes to say, like they've, they've just left the money on the table. They really have. Now, the, the challenge here is really hard because you are going to have to, I mean, this is not an easy business. It's not an easy thing to get into. It's not easy to do right. But what I see is, you get talented younger people who understand the landscape of freaking reality as it is. And then whether you're talking about politics or I think the same would apply in uh, in something where you're telling stories, they're going to do stuff that's good. Now, you got to figure mm -hmm. out how to monetize that and keep it going. You're going to need people at the top who get it. But the fundamental reality is you need you need those people at the top. If you don't have a board. You don't have C-suite people who understand what's going on and are willing to take these swings. Uh, then we we can't build what we need. Yeah, I think I think one of the things too that's been most difficult about creating an alternative platform mm -hmm. is that uh, basically all the people who have who have tried to do it have been going up against literal monopolies. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, to take Rumble as an example, mm -hmm. right? Like YouTube is the like video pla that's what everyone yeah. said you know it becomes a verb in the same way that mm -hmm. that google has yeah. right um and so i think i think it's been a very it's a it's a, an uphill battle that normal business owners don't normally have to start with mm -hmm. uh you you don't you don't have to start pointing your finger up at the guy and saying i'm right. coming for you right. you know um so w what are the what are the people or the companies or the organizations that are that are doing that right now that you you feel in the next five to ten years you're like oh yeah that's gonna that's gonna succeed that's gonna that's gonna change the game um yeah well i want to avoid the stock tip uh in a oh, favorite for... fa favorite uh favoritism game but i guess i think what you're saying i put it this way it's there's certainly a number of efforts that see the next version of the internet uh basically like you know blockchain friendly crypto friendly um, crowdsource, whatever. Um, there's a number of efforts that see that as the route to the future for the next platform. Something like that is undoubtedly true, but it's not clear how that shakes out or who um, is able to build on that next. In other words, um, I think my strong suspicion here is that right now you can build, like Rumble is a good example. You can build an alternative YouTube and if you have some competence and some backing by people who understand the need for it, 
um, you know, it will survive and in fact might be able to do some amazing things. Um, but ultimately, to get ahead of these monopolies, I think it's the next wave of technology where we need to dominate. Mm. In other words, when we move to to blockchain, crypto, that space, when we move to a new internet that's less controllable, God willing, mm -hmm. that's where all of a sudden we'll build the companies that will be, you know, looking in a different direction. That's where the race is. So right now, I do, I'm fully in support of Rumble and and what, uh, you know, was Chris Pavlovsky and those guys are doing. It's, it's incredible. Um, but, but, and maybe they'll also develop with, you know, the new kind of the new stuff, but, but that's, that's the dynamic I see playing out. Yeah. Yeah. And I never really wanted to fall into the, the criticism. I think you're hitting on something very important. I, mm -hmm. I think it's really easy to start to criticize some of these people like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, why don't you just build your own thing? That's mm -hmm. not trying to copy someone else. Right. I think that's punching right and that's dumb like mm -hmm. we should encourage people on our side who, yes. who want to be building good things mm -hmm. um but this was the 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 question i was i was kind of trying to get to mm -hmm. is like how do you do that organically now as you've mm -hmm. said with google right a darpa grant and mm -hmm. and you know two <laughs> like extremely brilliant individuals mm -hmm. um but yeah like say say a little more about like how how organically we can you know, kind of encourage people on our side doing that sort of thing. Well, well, one of the problems is that when it's too, um, a lot of it's just frankly too grifty, right? Yeah. In the beginning, you're going to find people who realize they can raise money by saying, this is a right-leaning X, you know? Yeah. They're right-leaning, the conservative version of X. We won't name drop um, anybody and so, or any product. Yeah. But <laughs> no, well, let's just say that there are out there people who will plant that flag and they know they're going to get some kind of attention because of the demand. Mm-hmm. And I see the problem now is, and for me, this is just, I mean, facilitating and networking. You know, I'm not the, I'm not the founder of these companies or whatever, but I, I'm looking at it uh, sort of structurally, politically. How do I foster a movement uh, culturally? And, uh, you know, you need to encourage people who are competent to build these alternatives that maybe aren't going to be billion dollar companies, but they still could be very lucrative companies uh, because people just need one. I mean, a, an example would be like Shopify. Shopify has tried to stay out of a lot of these debates, but it still has, uh, you know, canceled some people, et cetera. Um, an alternative to that would, you're not going to be as good as that company, mm -hmm. right? I mean, this is, it's already built up. It's already have brilliant people, a lot of, a lot, lot of talent. But if you can do conservative version of X at a certain level of competency, which increasingly you can, because people who, do build these things and are talented want to come out um then that that can be good that helps the, that'll help immensely we need a whole movement like that but then but then beyond that you need like the real creatives uh or the you know uh the the people who are kind of visionary looking for the new stuff mm -hmm. so that when you as things move forward you are like our side leads um and what i would say is what's lacking in a lot of people's understanding of all this is including the smarties, you know, who think they know everything on all the sides, is um, you don't do this at scale organically without a kind of vision of a commercial cultural movement. That's mm -hmm. why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't think that, you know, at, it, where's the articles and profiles on the founders who are making the dating apps that are moving in a different direction than Tinder on purpose because they see human nature is not being served well and we actually need marriage and family and we need technology to encourage it. That's like a, a movement now. These people exist. They're trying to create new things. Maybe they succeed. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But we need to highlight that trend to investors. 
that's what I want to do. I'm going to show you. I'll show you these guys. And we need to then get people excited who are, you know, building to know that they'll be respected. They'll be highlighted and we'll praise them. We'll give them rewards, right, for doing the right thing. And it's kind of a it doesn't work intellectually even, although you need people thinking about it intellectually. It works as you know it when you see it, just like with the social justice crap, right? Yep. You know all their different, they have all kinds of, this entire ethical system. We need our own, right? We have our own already and we have people who are trying to do it. It needs to be highlighted as a movement people can join and, uh, and people are already part of. And so you, you actually do that to no small degree with media of the mm-hmm. right kinds. Yeah, well, and I think that's one of the things that you start to see, like you mentioned, the um, the dating apps, uh, the more conservative dating apps, as an example. Like, it seems already all the the stories that are coming out in the legacy news media, they're mm-hmm. like, "Quick, let's kick that, let's kick <laughs> that thing." We don't we don't want yeah. that to succeed. Like, mm-hmm. you have yet to see a, mm-hmm. a, a positive story, you know, um, highlighting those people and and the sort of thing that mm-hmm. they're trying to build. Um, Matt, where can people find you? Keep up with all the all the things that you're doing. This is the time to plug all your stuff. Oh gosh, I have too many things to plug these days. But <laughs> the simplest thing would it would be to go to Twitter. Uh, you know, at at DocMJP, DOCMJP, uh, uh, on Twitter. Newfounding.com is up and running. There'll be a new version of that soon. But if you go to Newfounding, you can sign up for our stuff and see a lot of it. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't plug American Firebrand, the super PAC, making some of the more interesting videos on the internet uh, these days. Um, that's on Twitter at well as well at Firebrand Pack. Um, and I can probably I can probably end there. I mean, oh, I should say the podcast. Yeah. Uh, against my better judgment, um, uh, I've been twisted. My arm has been twisted into doing this this podcast. So I have my own Matthew Peterson show. Um, and, uh, you should check that out. It's on Apple and Spotify and it's a little bit more, you know, it's a little bit more positive than a lot of what's out there. I talk about, uh, this kind of stuff we're talking about here mm-hmm. uh, and also some deeper issues. Like I try to make it so it's not, it's not responding to the news cycle and, uh, gets you out of the black pill mindset, you know, um, you know, and in the midst of all this, I have to say the fun part about it is I know, I know there are people out there, uh, who are, you know, of a stature saying this is crazy like this can't exist this this new culture new economy it, it never yeah. existed it won't work uh what are you even talking about and that's because they can't even imagine uh some of the things that we're gonna do and that's that's what gets me up in the morning good awesome well hey thanks for coming on the show and for selling your vision yeah thanks for having me it's uh it's uh, it's great to be here at american moment love you guys <laughs> thank you do you want to get more involved with American Moment? Do you want to get off the couch and stop just watching a podcast about the issues you care about? Then you need to go to AmericanMoment.org slash join. If you fill that form out, one of our team members will meet with you and we'll discuss how best to get you involved in politics and public policy here in D.C. Maybe that involves you coming and working at a think tank or a congressional office. Maybe you're in business and it means just holding on for a few years until we get the next presidential administration. Maybe you're a very wealthy person who wants to give us a bunch of money. Either way, go to AmericanMoment.org slash join to meet with a member of our team and get involved more substantively in trying to save this country. It's not enough to listen to podcasts. You actually have to do something. Well, I told you that was going to be a very in-depth uh, conversation on a lot of a lot of uh, different issues uh, facing Americans today. Um, if you haven't already, as I said in the beginning, uh, make sure to rate and review uh, the podcast. Give us five stars. Uh, write an interesting review that tells us how great we are, um, and we will see you next week.
Moment of Truth is an American Moment Studios production filmed at the Conservative Partnership Center. Our podcast is produced and edited by Jake Mercier and Jared Cummings. Our intro music is A Minor Struggle by Ryan Serenich. Don't forget to like and subscribe on all platforms, and you can go to AmericanMoment.org to learn more. 